now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. Oh, Doc Manson, at Doc Manson. It's a Friday, Doc Manson at Doc Manson. We're recording on a Friday. That's unusual for us. That is unusual, DC uh, at the DC Matthews. It's it's very unusual. Uh, we were not able to record last night because Mrs. Manson was so inconsiderate as to have been born on that day, and we had to celebrate it. So uh, we had to move the podcast till Friday. And, uh, well, here we are, getting on with the podcasting. Here we are again. How has life been treating you? Uh, when, you know, I'm assuming at some point Mrs. Manson will wander in. She usually does. Although you might have already eaten, so maybe not. But uh, at some point I'll ask her how, her how her birthday was. But how has your week been? How is life? You're looking well. You're looking fit. Oh, uh, thanks. Uh, week's been fine. Uh, clear of pretty much any wrestling, although I am being continually drawn back onto Twitter to continue participating in this alpha draft. Yes, we we have kind of a, a super secret uh, alpha draft trying to figure out how this... How do you feel it's going? Uh, you know, like I said, it's only being done through... Uh, you know, a Twitter DM amongst the the kind of the test people. We're just about to finish round eight. Well, why don't you tell people what we're what we're testing then? Well, all right. So, you know, those of you who are hearing our voices are familiar, of course, that we do the DDT draft, uh, kind of a fantasy draft. It's not a promotion. We don't go forward with it outside of some people who book a show. But, um, you know, it's just kind of something fun to do for a couple of weeks in the summer. And I've always thought to myself, well, what if we made it an all-time draft where instead of picking active wrestlers, you can pick just about anybody. And, of course, that leads to a whole lot of other rules and things. How, you know, how is that going to affect whether or not you can draft tag teams? You know, what era, so to speak? Um We've talked about it on the show before, so we're running a draft. with uh, It's a lot of our besties, Jeremy and Che and Glenn and Mitchell and Seahawk are all involved, along with our, our buddies DJ and Jen, the meteorologist. So, like I said, we're wrapping up round eight. I think we talked about it last time. You mentioned some questions about whether or not we can draft multiple characters, multiple versions of the same person. Can I have Kane and Corporate Kane and Isaac Yankum DDS and the fake Diesel? Like, are all of those allowed? So, See, I don't know. And in terms of how it's going, I, I don't know if I'm just sort of burned out on drafting in general. Are, but... are, you, are you not enjoying it as much? Is it... Yeah. Know? I don't know. I mean, I don't be wrong. Like, it's a lot of fun in the chat. People are having a good time. But, like... I... It seems like, you know, all the really, not all the really good people, but, you know, that first round, a lot of excellent wrestlers go. And then it's sort of, I don't know, it, it just it just sort of feels like now, now we're just trying to sort through the rest. And it's not as exciting to me. Do you, uh, think, I, do you think it's because we're allowing 
you know, because, like, for example, in the first round, the Brothers of Destruction were selected, DX yes. was selected, Hall and Nash were selected, so do you think it would be more enjoyable if it was one talent at a time? Let me put it this way. If I still could uh, draft Isaac Yankum, I might, but I cannot. Um, well, I, well, and because we're I also, talking about two separate things here. Yeah. I'm talking about one talent at a time, which DDT draft B, which was the best version, you only, by your suggestion, you could only draft one person at a time. I had to draft Scott Dawson and Dash Wilder if I wanted the revival. It can't be one pick. Um, but you're also suggesting the idea of if I want Scott Hall and Razor Ramon, you can draft them separately. I'm assuming you can't, like, like for example, if you did it that way, and I think at some point we should start a new alpha test with that those rules in place, would you be able, could you, Doc Manson, at Doc Manson, draft Kane and Isaac Yankum? Or I don't, can you only have well, one version of each person? Depends on the rules that you want to make. I think if you just leave it wide open, by all means, you could have it so uh, you have multiple versions of the same character. There's no reason why, because, I mean, in the draft we're currently running, for some reason, there's a McFoley exception where you get to draft all of the versions of McFoley. Like, I believe the, the, the reason for the exception is because that was part of the shtick. Was it was. The part of the character was the fact that he played all of those people. Kane doesn't go out there and say, hey, back when I was a dentist, we talked about this. He doesn't, but if you wanted to draft a guy and both of his characters and have him going out there switching between characters in different segments of your promotion, I don't see any reason why that should be disallowed. Well, and like I said, this is why I think we need to try different versions of this to see which ones... Uh, which ones yeah. work. Because I mean, I that can... said, that said, I, I I don't think for an all-time draft you can really get rid of tag teams. There's too many excellent tag teams, but, but at the same time, like, and maybe it's just because, you know, I'm not as an, much of an old-time wrestling fan like you and Jeremy and some of the other guys, but I think in very early... Um, round, you picked up um, what was it, the, uh, the Brain Busters? Yeah, Arn and Tully. Right. Like, that's all well and good, but it, I, to me, that's not a tag team. Yeah, it is, but and, but that's maybe, that's that's probably a bad example because they're probably a re- one of the more relatively well-known of these, but I, So, let me let me give you one that I think you would, you would yeah. kind of balk at. Che, our good buddy Che who I think has emailed, we got a lot of emails this week, podcast at ddtwrestling.com. His very first pick was Chris Benoit and Chris Jericho. Right, exactly. Now, to the rules that were imposed, that's a perfectly valid tag team. But at the same time, it's not. they're really. not a tag team. I almost think to get around this, um, and this is a lot more work, but I think you and Jeremy would love to do this, I almost think you just have to put together a list and you guys have to decide who can be drafted as a singles talent and you can create a list of who can be drafted as a tag team. And there just needs to be a judgment call made that's distributed to everybody before the draft starts and you have to make picks from that list. I have thought about this. Um, There is a 
there is a person out there in the sports world, a football guy named Matthew Barry, not to be confused with anyone we might know who also is named Matt Barry. But we, uh, this guy puts together a what is called a draft day manifesto, which is essentially... You know, it's it's more narrative, but he talks about all the potential kinds of things. And I've thought about that being like, should I just make a list of like... Well, because think about it this way. When you do a real fantasy football draft, right? And again, you're not... I don't know how a real fantasy football all-time draft would go. I I don't know. But like for an actual fantasy football draft, you have a list of who is eligible to be drafted, right? Like it's it's the same sort of idea. I don't necessarily think you should put together a manifesto of rules because nobody wants to read rules. But if there was just a list, I think that would be... That that would at least be approachable. I'm sorry that I'm doing this right now, but your your suggestion filled me with such (laughs) nerdish glee that I have to DM Jeremy right now and just Uh say, recording DDT right now is done. Yep, and, I, and and Doc has come up with something to keep us busy and happy for at least at least another week. <laughs> um, yeah, all right. So I, I think, again, this is why I wanted to do this, because I, I did think I should put together a list of these are the women who have participated. Now, granted, I can't do everybody, because I don't know all of the different, you know, this is the thing. Some people... Our good buddy Glenn is drafting mostly Brit, not mostly, but he's got a lot of like British talents from this era. I'm not going to be able to write that because I don't know. True. But I could probably do something where these are the major talents of this time period. So, mm. so out of curiosity, idea. since yes. you were just talking about Glenn and his his uh, roster strategy, with the exception of my first and most recent picks. Can you tell me what my strategy has been? Yes. <laughs> You're drafting everyone I like. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. <laughs> you and Che, not Che, you and Seahawk have have an interesting thing because you drafted Bobby Heenan, Ted DiBiase, Bret Hart, JBL, Billy Gunn, and Sonny. Uh-huh. Yes. And I'm sitting here going... I know what you're doing. And <laughs> thankfully, my list is long enough that it's okay. Because I still got... I just traded for Owen Hart. Uh, I've got Mr. Perfect. I've got Meng slash Haku. Like, but I saw that. That was also... Um, yeah. Uh, Chris Seahawk had drafted uh, Charlie Haas and Shelton Benjamin because I had said at some point that I was thinking of putting together Team Angle. And again, this is the danger of saying something like that, because... It's true. uh, Who was it? Che tried to draft Ken Shamrock and the Big Boss Man as a team, and we said, by the rules, they don't count, which reminded me, hey, I really like the Big Boss Man, so in the next round I picked him, Mm. and then proceeded to trade him, but... Let yeah, me put yeah, it this I'm, way. I'm on. I'm on to your. I'm on to your thing. I'm wondering at what round you're just going to say I don't want to do this anymore and just stop. Instead of Jake Roberts, I almost DM'd the group to say, uh, "I am now accepting trades for the rest of my picks." Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I I will take a single trade. In fact, if besties, if you are listening to this, if you've got Hulk Hogan, 
I will trade you the rest <laughs> of my picks in this draft in exchange for That's Hulk really Hogan. sad because I had Hulk Hogan and I traded him. I know. Uh, I wouldn't make to, that offer if you had Hulk Hogan. Well, talk to Jeremy. Jeremy's got Hollywood. He will take all of your picks. Okay. But yeah, I, I wonder I, that. I'm it, like, it is I fun, know. though. But again, yes. it's just, it is disappointing that, you know, the Brothers of Destruction are gone right away. Mm-hmm. DX is gone right away. Um, just a lot of guys get sucked up into this tag team thing. I understand that's a strategy of a draft, but I feel like an all-time draft is supposed to be more just fun. You know what I mean? Like, it's supposed to be more wildest fantasies. There should be less compromise in, in this particular mm-hmm. put together. And, like, I do kind of feel like, again, if you were able to pick same performer, different characters, it would still encourage people to go out there and do that research. I think I think it might have been Jeremy who was talking about how it's that's the, the tag team thing is part of the fun, going out there and finding things that sort of bend the rules. And I agree with that. But, again, just for this all-time draft, I just, I just sort of feel like it's actually, I don't know, I, I, I feel like it's impeding the fun in some ways. Well, I think here's what I'm going to, here's what I'm going to do because I under, I know some of these, you know, the youth of the group, um, some of them, you know, have said, we're not prepared. Like they're just picking when, you know, we yell at them that it's their turn to pick. They just pick a random person. So maybe what we'll do, I, cause this is the, the spreadsheet is currently scheduled for, I think 40 rounds, which you're never going to make that. Um, Maybe after 10 rounds, we'll pause and just say, is this working? Who wants to continue? Who wants to try something else? Because I think if we started over and tried this character thing, I think you might be you might rebuy in rather than, you know, you might try an actual strategy there. You might decide, well, now I can do my Wrestle Silly roster because I can take all the versions of the characters that no one else is going to want. Absolutely. All right. All right, we'll, but, we'll ponder that because you bring up great points, and this is why I wanted you to be a part of this because I do sort of feel like though you're you're probably onto something because this is my feedback, but you know I'm a big negative Nancy. Like it's probably a good idea, as you're saying, after round ten, soliciting the feedback from everybody who's been participating. Just like so, just as though I'm voicing my feedback here on DDT, if they are able to do it, just in a message to you or something, that way you have all that to sort of process. Um, I think that could be helpful. I I agree. I think, you know, we'll get feedback and that's what we wanted to do. And again, I mentioned this, I think, on last week's show. And um, I mentioned this on last week's show that if people are listening to this and the idea of an all-time draft sounds interesting to let us know. I don't remember if I heard – I think I might have heard from like one person who said, yeah – once you guys figure everything out, and I'm like, it's going to take a while for us to figure everything out, but it's it's good to know. It is a lot of fun. I, th- I hope people like the 2018 version of it. I hope people are liking this. So, you said just now that you have not uh, watched a whole lot of wrestling, and the couple of things that I wrote down as topics for us to cover are more broader topics anyway. SummerSlam is not this weekend, but next weekend. So we will do our whole giant recap, or preview show, rather. Not a recap. Recap's after. Um, Next week. Next week's show, we'll talk about TakeOver. 
we'll talk about SummerSlam, but there have been a couple of things that have happened this week that I do want your feedback on. The first of which is the unfortunate news that the main event of TakeOver has had to be changed. I did not hear about this. Tell me more. Alistair Black has suffered a groin injury that required surgery. He will not be able to participate in the triple threat match, and I believe it is now just Gargano versus Champa 3, last man standing match for the title. Okay, well, I mean, in fairness, while I thought it would be smart for them to make a triple threat match, I was not aware that any match had been set, so... Um, I'm just, while I think adding Alistair to that mix probably would have been overall beneficial to that title match, I'm not against a part three in that feud. Those last two matches have been very good, and if anything, I think the title was missing from the feud. So, I don't know, I think it's, I think it's okay, it's an okay decision, but I do sort of worry that it's a foregone conclusion who's going to be leaving with the title. I, I wonder the same thing. My thing is, we have talked about this uh, after the last two matches. They were great, and they were long. Yeah, they were. And borderline too long in both instances. So the fact that we're going to get a third one, we talk, you know, people have been complaining, SummerSlam is just rematches, rematches. I understand this feud has been excellent, don't get me wrong. But this is the third consecutive takeover that's going to have the same match. True, but I will say, based off of what they showed me in those two previous matches, while they were over long, I think they were both good, unique matches. They had interesting spots that they haven't just been reusing. There was, I mean, there was a nice circular quality to the storytelling going back to earlier in the feud, particularly in the most recent match. Um, I guess what I'm saying is I have confidence in these two as creatives that they will be able to put on a match that is worthy of them meeting a third time and which is worthy of the NXT title. I, I don't doubt that. I'm just, I'm worried that we're going to get burnout that seems to be rampant with other things. But again, this feud has been so good. Uh, I'm hoping that the elderly lady who's in the front row, who I used to comment on when we were talking about things, uh, in Champa's promo from a couple of weeks ago, he'd literally gotten her face, <laughs> uh, you know, holding the title, being like, I am your champion, which is what gives me pause, because I think you're right. Logic dictates Gargano's going to win. The face always tends to win in the end. But Champa is so good right now mm -hmm. that I almost think, you know what? He's probably going to keep it for a little while. I would think so. Um, the other major news... Uh, you posted about this. I'm avoiding May Young Classic spoilers. I watched the Parade of Talent on um, YouTube. I haven't had seen that. any spoilers either, um, but I did just happen to see someone was injured, and uh, so I clicked on that news story, and luckily there were yep. no spoilers within. No, but what the only thing that uh, I noticed hmm. was that it took them a little while to get back going again. Get what going? I, 
I don't think this is a spoiler. We can we can say it. Uh, Tegan Tegan Knox, who is the former Nixon Newell, yep. um, suffered an injury during her match with Rhea Ripley. Um, you know, the match was just ended, uh, and they had a couple of non-tournament matches that seemed, I won't say hastily thrown together, but my guess is uh, Miss Knox was going to go... I don't think she was going to go far in this tournament necessarily, but I think she was p- probably going to win at least a match, maybe two. Yeah. And so it sounds like they had to do a little bit of creative work on the fly to try to get themselves back to where they needed to be. But um, it is unfortunate for her. She missed last year's May Young Classic due to injury. I think it was one knee. This is the other knee. Certainly a setback, but uh, hopefully she will make a speedy recovery. Uh, and the other big news is next Monday, we have a brand new announced team. Well, not a brand new announced team. We have a new member of the Raw announcing team for next Monday. Are you familiar with this? Yes. A special guest announcer, Renee Young. Yes. The first time a, uh, a female will be doing commentary for the entirety of uh, Monday Night Raw. What do you think? I think it's good. Um, I think that she needs probably to start getting some practice in particularly if she's going to be doing commentary for an all-women show at some point in the future, which I sort of think is... I mean, obviously, she's she's doing it for Evolution. I believe it's been announced she'll be doing commentary there. Um, so, as you know, she's good interviewing people. She was good on Talking Smack. I, I, I think that, again, practice will be good, but I'm looking forward to it. I, I think she's one of the better voices they've had in a while, and I want to see... Uh, what she's capable I mean as you know in draft 2018 in my all women's promotion I, I did draft Renee Young for the purpose of being my head commentator so uh, I'd like to see whether or not she's got the chops that I think she does my worry is if you watch the kind of parade of talents she sounds like she is hosting the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. For each talent, there's a little blurb about, you know, either their character or where they're from. I would it... suspect if you went back to watch Corey Graves doing the same thing for the Cruiserweight Classics, um, it would sound pretty similar. I think that... I. Th- I was watching it first and feeling this way and then realized, you know what, for a lot of these people, they don't know who these women are. You might have, because a lot of it was, you know, she wants, she wants through this tournament to teach people to believe in themselves and never give up on their dreams. And at first, because I'm a just horribly callous person, I was like, oh, God, shut up. But then I was like, you know what? If my students were watching that, they would love that stuff. And again, a young child like, watching wrestling and seeing that would become a big fan of that person just because they want you to follow their dreams. So, I mean, that was the Bollywood boys in the first Cruiserweight tournament. They were talking about their grandfather living long enough to see him, you know, realize their dreams. Or I mean, it's it's a it's a trope, DC, one that recurs. They use it all the time. It, it, again, I, I suspect. I suspect you would find very similar stories, quote unquote, in any similar um, lineup style programming that the WWE has produced in the recent past. 
I suppose that is probably true. I'm very excited for her. Uh, she's replacing the coach for this episode. That can't be a bad thing. It'll be interesting to see how she and Corey Graves interact, how she and Michael Cole interact. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. So those were kind of the big stories of the week. You know, we're, we're heading towards SummerSlam. Um, you know, there's lots of matches going on. Ring of Honor and New Japan have uh, sold out Madison Square Garden. That's a big thing because wrestling is just grand everywhere. Um, other than that, you know, do you want to talk a little SummerSlam? Oh, well, here's one other thing. Uh, Colt Cabana and CM Punk, do you have any comment on the fact that uh, I believe Colt Cabana is suing CM Punk because um, he is hoping that C- he, he was hoping that CM Punk would help him pay up some legal fees and Phil Brooks decided he didn't want to do that. Um, you know, I, it's difficult to comment on it. It's a he said, he said situation. Um, but all I can say is it seems, it seems like the situation is that at one point Phil Brooks said he was going to cover legal expenses and then when it came down to cover them, he did not. Um, again, there's a lot of reasons why that could be, and it could be for reasons that do not actually break what his initial promise was. But again, without knowing all the facts, it's difficult to say. But again, from what I know about Phil Brooks, from what I know <laughs> about his character as a person... Um, this just doesn't really surprise me. It's one of those, when you look around the room and everyone is pissed off at you, at some point you have to realize, maybe it's just me. Maybe. But again, that's without knowing the full details of the situation. It's entirely possible that, you know, Colt is just completely uh, uh, I don't even know what the words I'm looking for but you know it it just seems hard to believe yeah so alright um, outside of that Paul Heyman cried on Raw hmm. uh, because of the whole Brock Lesnar incident from last week so that was worth watching that was good uh, Ronda Rousey wrestled Alicia Fox in what I thought was a good match so that was nice to see yep um, is Paul Heyman giving any hints that he's going to be around without Brock? Not really. I, you know, you'd have to go back and listen. He, he, he spent most of it talking about how, you know, I thought I was friends with Brock. My children and his children are friends. You know, it, it was very well done. Paul Heyman, of course, was amazing as you would expect him to be. Um, so I recommend finding that on YouTube if you've got a spare couple of minutes to All right, check that that's out. fair. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, next week, like I said, we'll do our NXT preview, we'll do our SummerSlam preview, we'll make our predictions and our productions, but I think it's going to be a good show. Like I said, a lot of people are complaining about the number of rematches, and I'm just like, study your history. These wrestling, as soon as we got 12 pay-per-views a year... Wrestling became a tale of rematches. I guess so. so. 
I mean, although honestly, with the exception of Roman Reigns and Bork, I don't think I could tell you another match on the card. But that's well, no, that's not true. Are we, are it's we Ronda that game? and Alexa Bliss. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there are eleven matches currently listed. You've got two of them. <laughs> well, we'll leave that for another time. But All right. I'll give you a week to study up. Yeah. Right. But I, I don't know. I just, um, like you said, it doesn't bother me, really. No, and, and a lot of the rematches are on the undercard. You know what I mean? The big the big title matches, you know, Brock and Roman is a rematch. But again, in the same way that if you're complaining about Brock and Roman, why aren't you complaining about Gargano and Ciampa? Because... It's, you know, they've been feuding for a while. There's been some controversy. Well, Gargano and Ciampa haven't done it at several consecutive WrestleManias, so. No, but they've done it at several consecutive takeovers. But, again, I digress. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, there's one other thing I All guess right. I do want to talk about. Um, sure. Last week, so, and this is probably, I think I was out of date by a week, so I'm, I'm talking about I think the episode from three weeks ago at this point, but I watched an episode of Impact Wrestling. And it was pretty good. What happened? Was it? Uh, <laughs> I don't Sammy know. Callahan and what was that? Was Sammy Callahan there? Was Pentagon Dark there? Uh, Sammy Callahan was there, and he was very upset that he had recently had his uh, hair shaven. Um, he peed on a man and then threatened <laughs> his life, and then they shaved uh, his head in retaliation for perceived uh, slights. Yeah. Sammy Callahan peed on a man in a segment on Impact Wrestling. Um, here's the thing. Impact's interesting to me uh, for a lot of reasons. It's definitely a more adult-oriented show. If you're looking for something that's a little bit more, you know, a little bit more edgy where people might pee on each other and where... Uh, Mrs. Manson uh, said this while we were watching it because we were watching a match between uh, Rebel and Tessa Blanchard, and then later in the show, uh, Scarlett Bordeaux made her debut. I'm sorry, the the Smoke Show Scarlett Bordeaux made her debut on Impact Wrestling. The Smoke Show. The Smoke Show. Yes. Um, apparently, what does that, that mean? I don't know. Apparently, that's a thing with the kids. Mrs. Manson tells me it's actually a thing because I also said smoke show and she's like oh yes that's totally a thing get with the times dr manson um it's a song but anyways they they have a way of shooting their women that's definitely you know more it just sounds bad what's that they have a way of shooting their women. Uh, smoke show. Thank you, Urban Dictionary. A word to describe someone so hot that you basically see the smoke coming off of them. It, for example, Dude 1 says, Dude, check out the smoke show that just walked in. And Dude 2 would say, Holy, she's hot. Yep. Um, so, you know, Scarlett Bordeaux did her thing. She, she told the very, also very attractive uh, interviewer, uh, to shut her mouth uh, because fives should be quiet when a ten is talking. Um, you know, 
So she's clearly doing that conceited heel thing. But so they again, my whole point is there's definitely a more adult air to it. And the thing I think that's interesting about that is while they do more highly sexualize, I think, the women, just in terms of the camera angles and the shots and things like that, I, I do find that sort of interesting because TNA and Impact have long had a very good women's division um, that predates the current, you know, women's revolution in the WWE. For a long time, they've put a high priority on actually good women's wrestling and that i again it was a match between rebel and tessa blanchard it was it was a good match um the wrestling was good so it's sort of interesting to see that they're not afraid of embracing some of these characters um sexuality while still also maintaining that they're not just there to be um looked at that they are there mm-hmm. to actually wrestle and wrestle well it's an interesting mix that again i think just traces back to the fact that it is a more adult themed show just as peeing on someone's a little edgier um again they were literally in the bathroom dc sammy callahan goes to one urinal his buddy goes to other one in the middle this random guy walks up and sammy's just like losing his mind because he was recently shaved and he thinks the guy's laughing at him because he's bald underneath his cap, and he just turns, and the camera's at the ground, and you just see a stream hitting this guy's legs as Sammy is just screaming at him, and eventually they beat him down, throw him to the ground, I assume in a puddle of urine, and then they also shave this gentleman's head. Like, I, I don't know. It's a, it's um, If you long for some of the themes, perhaps, of the Attitude Era... I think Impact might be something that you'd be interested in checking out. Um, it's all about alternatives. It's all about alternatives. That's a more adult show. Lucha Underground had different, you know, a different sort of vibe that was much more, I would say, fantasy based. You have Aerostar, who's from the, the heavens. Yeah. And you've got the different clans and all of that sort of stuff. So. It's all about like I, I've I've tweeted about it a hundred times. You got to find your happy, and that TNA and Impact might be what some people like. The question is, are you going to watch another episode? I of Impact? think I am going to try to watch another episode. And you know, the Good. other thing I thought was really interesting about my experience with Impact is, I uh, tweeted, "quote I have a confession. I am watching Impact Wrestling." That was my tweet. And you know, in the past. When I have spoken about TNA or Impact Wrestling, this probably predates the podcast. I'm probably thinking back a little earlier than that, talking on forums, on different wrestling websites and things around the internet before Twitter was a big thing, really. Um, But, you know, it seemed like whenever you talked about Impact Wrestling, you would always get people coming into the conversation telling you what a piece of garbage this promotion is um, and just how laughable it is that anybody would watch this this thing i received a good amount of traction on that tweet from people who i follow people i don't follow and the thing that i was amazed by is every single comment i got in that tweet was positive every Mm -hmm. single person told me well you should it's not a confession that shows damn good or some variation of that and the thing that really hit me and i tweeted this a little bit while afterwards is just for the first time that i can remember 
Again, watching TNA was always an uphill battle. You always felt like it was a it was a thing that you couldn't even tell other wrestling fans because they looked down on that product. Public perception now is behind Impact Wrestling in a way that I could not have predicted. I don't know when that turned, because I feel like perception was even still a little bit negative around the time, like when Matt Hardy was doing the broken thing on on TNA television. Well, they were still doing the Global Force anthem. Yeah, there was an owl. Uh-huh. I think it was. I think part of it is um, the fact that they they went with Impact and they stuck with it. They've gotten. A bunch of talent. You know, Pentagon and Phoenix, I think, are part of that promotion now. Mm -hmm. Austin Aries is now part of that promotion. Even Sammy Callahan, no matter how you feel about him, he's now a part of that promotion. They found some talents that people are drawn to. Here's something. The heavyweight champion of Impact Wrestling is Austin Aries. Yes. The X-Division champion, their cruiserweight champion... The gigantic 300-pound Brian Cage. It's it's awesome, though, to be playing with expectations like that. That's always been... I think the problem was, when we started watching TNA back in 03, 04, it was still WCW Part 2. Jeff Jarrett, Kevin Nash... Like, it had a whole lot of the guy, you know, uh, the New Age Outlaws were there as part of what it was, a three-live crew with Kip James and all that. Conan was still part of it. Um, And, you know, you had AJ, you had Daniels, you had Samoa Joe, so they kind of made it worth watching. Um, But it took a really long time for them to get out of the shadow of WCW, and then they did really well for a little bit, and then... You had Jeff Jarrett and Dixie Carter, and the wheels fell off, and all the talents went to WWE, and they sucked for a really long time. So the fact that they're starting, you know, I I tweeted this out today between you've got Ring of Honor and New Japan doing well, TNA or Impact has got its groove back, so to speak, All In's going to be a big deal, like... There, I feel like there are so many quality alternatives to WWE right now. I don't remember this happening until we had back when we had WCW and ECW. Yeah. It's that like we're I feel like we're at that point now where if you want to watch something else, it's real easy to and find. May I also say having a wrestling show, a promotion, if you will, where they only have one episode a week, one two hour thing yeah. to digest yeah. and to watch, and that is it is a wonderful thing. It was part of what I really liked about Lucha Underground. It was an hour a week that I was committing to. and So much so that you would watch the replays. That part blew my mind. Is You would watch it, and then sometimes if you felt like it, you'd watch it a second yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know, man. There's just something to be said for being able to know everything that's going on currently in the storylines and only having to commit to that two hours like it it's liberating in a way i think more and more people are realizing that you don't have to watch all three hours of raw and all two hours of smackdown to have a i I agree with positive experience with that show with wwe and see we've we've talked about that before but i actually think the w and you know whatever who am i i'm an idiot but I think that WWE is ultimately shooting themselves in the foot right now because 
they've gotten to the point where there was so much wrestling and so much of it was so bad. Well, you know, that's my opinion. I've stopped watching Raw. I've stopped watching SmackDown. I, I, I should watch more NXT, but again, I have trouble committing to NXT after the number of times I've been burned by call-ups in that promotion. Um, like, at this point, I really don't feel the need to watch any of their programming except for the pay-per-views. And the problem with that is, the problem with that is, that's only once a month. And I'll be honest with you, if we weren't doing this podcast, I'm not sure I would still subscribe to the WWE Network. I'm not sure that I am invested enough to want to watch that pay-per-view once a month. If I was just, you know, in a vacuum. Um, so... I have to imagine there are other people out there sort of like me, but that who do not have like even in our bestie draft, I think I think both Mitch Mitchell and um and Danielle, I think they both said they haven't watched any wrestling since WrestleMania. Yeah. Like here's here's the thing. WWE needs you to enjoy wrestling. $9.99 worth. They need you to feel like you care enough about their show, whatever it is they're doing, to give them $9.99 a month. If you are a TNA, or not a TNA, an NXT person, and you watch that every week, you wanted to see the debut of the Limitless Keith Lee this week, and you did, and you want to give them the nine ninety nine? They'll take it. If you only want to watch it because for a three or four or in SummerSlam's case six hour show is worth nine ninety nine for you, they'll take it. And see, I'd agree with you if this was a couple of years ago in in the growth of the network, but at this point, I don't think their long term plans are based on the network anymore. Um, they, they've stalled out in growth below 2 million monthly subscribers. They're never going to be able to make enough money from the network that that is legitimately a safe long-time venture for them. Um, with the way the TV deal, I mean, I think they're going to keep it around. Don't get me wrong. I don't think it's in danger of going anywhere. Don't scare me because WWE Network disappears. There's no point for us to but continue. It's, it's we'll, not going We'll anywhere. podcast about something else. It's a long-term safety net. But the, the fact is, we saw this a little bit last year, and we're only going to see it more as, you know, with like the TV deals coming up, switching over in 2019. They made a bunch of exclusive content for Facebook. Why? Because Facebook paid them money. How much money did Facebook pay them? I don't know, but I bet you it's probably pretty close to what they made on the network last year. These TV deals, these TV deals are now worth two to three times more than their profits, than their revenues on the network. Never mind the profits on the network are, are very low because of all the costs they have to sink into producing that content. So just in terms of revenue, um, the profits from these TV deals are that much higher. Um, so as long as they're interested as in growing as a company, and any company is interested in growing, their focus is not going to be on the network. It's going to be on these television programs and other things. And again, I think in the in the extreme long term, they are burning out their audience to the point where 
they're, they're teaching us to not care about their product on a regular basis, which means eventually people are, go- are going to stop giving them that $9.99. And when those television deals go away, then they're going to be in an even worse position than they were a couple years ago. I can only speak for myself and for the fans I know that also take part in social media. We might be getting burned out because we have a social media presence, so we are surrounded by this, yes. and we feel like we need to be a, and we feel like we need to be a part of it. I can't speak for the casual fan. Here's the I thing: I know that eight eight year no, old DC Matthews. There is no casual fan that is subscribed to the WWE Network. There's just not. If you're talking, you're talking about less than two million subscribers. It's only the people who really care about this stuff that are on and paying for I mean, don't get me wrong. There is a fraction of casual fans who have the network, but by and large, it's only people like us that have that subscription. Well, and, and and perhaps as scary as it is for me, perhaps that's where these TV deals are going to go because we've talked about on this show whether or not going to Fox is going to mean Fox might say, hey, if we're going to be showing SmackDown or if we're going to be eventually looking to buy Raw... We also want that thing you do Sunday nights once a month from 8 to 12. Yeah. And if if all of a sudden pay-per-views, now using serious air quotes, are on Fox for free, can, you know, now casual fans, maybe who don't pay the nine ninety nine a month, have no excuse. I don't know. Yeah. Again, I don't know. This I don't is know. doom and gloom talk. They're doing fine. It's not like I'm talking about the company's going no, out of business. I don't think it's. I don't think it's doom. I don't think it's doom and gloom. I think it's we're having a conversation about the future, and you're bringing up a very valid point. If they want you to be a committed wrestling fan, it's a full time. You are in a relationship mm-hmm. with WWE. Three hours, two hours, one hour. Not to mention uh, 205 Live, not to mention whatever they're doing in the UK, the Mae Young Classic, all and like, of their original you know, I've, shows. I've heard, I've heard the, the comparison <laughs> to like the NFL. Even if you have a favorite team, you're not watching every game, and you're certainly not watching every game of every franchise in the league. Like you're, Maybe you're watching every game of your team, and even most people aren't doing that, right? But here's the thing. There's no – I mean – there are meta storylines in, in football, right? Oh, we're playing our rivals. Oh, we're on a losing streak, whatever. But there's no narratives there. It's okay if you don't see every game because you can because st- you can still go online, check the stats, you know what happened, and by seeing whether your team won or lost, that's enough. Yeah, some people are going to dig deeper to see how their guys that they really like to watch did. But, you know, there's that. But I guess the thing I'm trying to say is in football – there are resources to go to to get yourself caught up, whether it's a website, whether it's Sports Center, right? You're going to know everything that you want or really need to know to continue following your teams. For the WWE, I don't think that exists. But it should. Yes, it should. And that's, and that's what some of these people have said, whether it's Mitchell or Danielle or I think uh, Brian Bradshaw, who's a fan of ours from the UK. He doesn't watch wrestling he listens to podcasts, and that's what keeps him current. That's kind of the role, yeah. not us necessarily, but other podcasts, Phil, in that they try to keep you, you know, we touched on Renee Young, May Young Classic, we touched on these things. Um, 
I would be very interested to see a, even if it happened every day, a 30-minute show hosted by whatever that Kathy Kelly is or, you know, Mike Rome or whoever these people are that's just like, here's what's going on, you know. Here's 30 minutes to give you some highlights of what happened on Raw last mm-hmm. night. So if you're not going to watch, you're still going to have a pretty good idea of what happened. Here's a bit with Brock. Here's a clip of the Heyman interview. I actually Here's a piece wonder. Of the Rollins match. Does this show already exist on the network, and we just don't know about it? They have a show called This Week in WWE, but they don't promote it. Yeah. See, like that would be the thing. It would need to be, and and truthfully, it should be on YouTube. Yeah, it should. It shouldn't. It shouldn't necessarily be on WWE Network. It should be on YouTube. It should be, you know, even if it's not a daily show, even if it's twice a week. You know, we do a, I mean, we do a show on Wednesday, we do a weekend honestly, show. Honestly, they could just do it once a week. That would be enough. Oh yeah. And yeah, here's an and then, you know, here's an hour. Yeah. An hour with no, you know, with with like two commercial breaks an episode. Here's what's going on. At least give me an option cuz the other option you're giving me is to sit through 6 hours of programming. And if yeah. I don't catch it live, I I typically am not inclined to do it. But if you give me something easily digestible, half hour, an hour, that sums it all up, maybe gives me a couple of minutes of action as they're talking about different things, gives me the clips of the Paul Heyman interview that you suggest I should go watch, that could be worth watching. Well, and if it's on YouTube? Sure. You put links in there. Here's clips from Rollins McIntyre. You like it? Click the link. I'll take you to the whole match. Sure. Here's a clip, you know, here's a clip from the Paul Heyman interview. Want to see more? Click this. You can go watch the whole thing. Mm. Yeah. But anyways, all right. Um, we have 10 emails. A baker's dozen! And we're already at the 48-minute mark. Are we just doing a lengthier Let's show? How it. do you want to handle this? Our first email, podcast at ddtwrestling.com, comes from Kevin Johnson, and it is called Toby Larone. Hi, guys. I was wondering, whilst driving and listening to a non-DDT wrestling podcast, I know. What? I'm sorry. If you have ever heard of the Toby Larone subject, is where you write in or phone into a radio show and say your name is something that means something completely different and get them to read it out loud. Like Toby Larone is a name for Toblerone, a chocolate bar in the great United Kingdom. Other such examples are Jenny Tilshire? Jenny Tilzerichi. Tills Richie? What? Ivor Biggin. Wait, what is Jenny Tills or... Richie supposed to be? Well, he's saying clearly Kevin Johnson is from the UK. So I don't think we're going to know what these are. Uh, Jenny Tills Richie, Ivor, or Ivor Biggin. I think it's Ivor Biggin, maybe I have a big one, or Dan Glibus. I have a big one. It's the bend over concept. Yeah, it's IP free. Goes, I gotcha. Yeah, Oliver Clothes uh-huh. Off. It would be a choo-choo to hear you guys come up with American versions of these names that means something else of you have them. Keep reading. Read the second part of the email. Thanks to look forward to your American version set from my Hotmail account from my iPhone. Yes, DC, you can Hotmail from the Outlook button on your phone. Uh, second email, disclaimer, if it makes no sense, I'm drunk and tired. <laughs> but yeah, it's Seymour Butts. Uh-huh. Seymour Butts, IP Freely, it's, it's uh, Amanda, Amanda Hugginkiss. Um, yeah, that, that's it. That's, it's, it's Bart calling yeah, into ab- Moe's. Yeah, absolutely. That's all he does. 
Now, maybe some of these aren't, you know, Toby Larone is is not a is not a joke. It's just kind of a play on words because of the candy bar. Maybe some of these other ones are also that, but I I read this email and it was Dan you know, Glibbles. Dan Glibbles. Dan Glibless. Damn, 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 um, Dan. You could you could decide if you want to read this next email. Uh, we got an email from a professional wrestler uh, whose name is Frantic. I've never heard of him, um, but he asks to be on our show. Huh. And it's it's not like the Ross Foreman emails we get every week. Uh, I saved it in case you wanted to read it, or we can skip it. Good afternoon. I am a professional wrestler by the ring name of Frantic. I trained at and recently debuted for Chikara Pro, but I have worked for other wrestling companies as well. I was interested in appearing on your podcast. Due to the nature of my gimmick, I'll leave out that part. If you're interested in having me, feel free to email me back to set up a date time. Thank you for your time and consideration. Warm regards, Frantic. Yeah, I've I've looked him up. He looks like he's wearing a will like you know the face paint that Willow yeah. wore. Uh, he's got a mask that's similar to that. Um, you know, I I think what I'd like to say is is frantic. If you're listening, email us and tell us that you listen to the show, and then we'll talk about having you yeah. on. But this is one of those frantic. things that I think you sent to if, if every podcast. If I say podcast. the word back. The, 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 the sentence or the phrase backdoor donuts to you if you know what that means we will have you on yes. the show okay good good <laughs> good 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 tip uh, the next email comes from Brandon good Banks. evening gentlemen since it seems that now you need new ideas for shirt designs I while currently listening to the list episode 17 thought an idea of two Obviously, I'm think list themes. <laughs> Can you have something printed on the back? I'd love a shirt in which there is a logo on the front and then the top 10 listed on the back. But don't wait until the end. Choose an arbitrary episode to then decide to put that top 10 on the back. Another idea would be a Horner line shirt. Hope you like the ideas. If not, I'll continue to wear the beefcake shirt until it's torn. Brandon Beefcake Banks. Uh, I d we did talk about these kind of limited run shirts yeah. where you sell one or two or three of them. A Horner, uh, not a Horner line shirt's a Somebody great idea. Somebody sent us a, a Horner line graphic a while ago. I forget who did that. If you're listening to the show, one of our it's one of our Twitter besties, I believe. Send that yeah. along, along with a, Jeremy, a, a document giving your permission for us been, to. Uh, it might have been Ryan the Ultimate. What's Warrior. that? It might have been Ryan, the ultimate warrior. Oh, yeah, I think it was. He might have been the one to do it. Yeah, because I would make a shirt out yeah. of that. Was a, that was a good design. I, I love the idea, though, that we just pick a random episode and just throw that top. Well, I think, you know, you do episode one, and then you do a random other episode where it looks ridiculous. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, even episode one would look pretty ridiculous, I think. Um, I, I apologize to Mitchell, who's got an email coming up, um, but, you know, Mitchell accidentally had he hadn't listened to our most recent episode of the list and somebody mentioned um who the new greatest wrestler of all time if you don't know you should go listen to the most recent john cena has been unseated um but he had it spoiled and he was not happy poor about mitchell it. my apologies oh. mitchell although i didn't do it 
Well, in it. all fairness, it's what Mitchell deserves. Ouch. Yeah, you're just so bitter about yes, Charlotte. I am. Um, but uh, also, yes, you can have a logo on the front and the back, but it does increase costs. So that's ah, all. Good to know. Yeah. Um, our next email, Stephanie Von Dick. Dyke, because I, I understand. I really wasn't going to get mad about this, but just... Good afternoon from Amsterdam. Do you like, do you like it? Stephanie Van Dyke. After completing my oh, photo man, shoot on the beach and the islands in the Philippines, I listened to DDT on the flight home. Not a single response from GQ. What does a glamour model have to do? Anyway, as they say in Dutch, it's onto the email. Now I believe you set me a hairdressing assignment or... Toe-whiz-jing, as they say in Dutch. I have a personal hairdresser from France called Pierre Constance. He has cut Tom Brady's wife... Wow. Brad Pitt. <laughs> Kathy Minogue. Just cut him. Wait, huh? what? Cut him like, the, like, cut him like a... It says hair. He has cut Tom Brady's hair. <laughs> What'd I say? Oh, wife? Where did I... It actually says hair. Why did I see wife? I don't know, but all of a sudden, I cared nothing about this email, but all of a sudden, you dragged me back well, in. Oh Tom God. Brady's wife is Pierre that Constance supermodel, what, Giselle or something? So that's why yes. I think I... Pierre Constance needs to go to jail. As soon as I saw Tom okay. Brady, I was thinking about Giselle. I'm sorry, okay? That's just what happens. Yes, uh, I'm rich, so whatever. Now, according to Seymour Butts of the National Hairdressers Federation, <laughs> some make more than baristas. Not barristers, but law baristas for confirmation. Sorry, Danielle. This was in the year 2026, the year the brand split was born. Yet people still had split ends in their hair. To 2018, the commission basis works in different ways. Some hairdressers pay all stylists 50% commission, while in some saloons it varies senior stylists get higher commission whilst junior stylists get lower commission and assess sophomore stylists or oh god or some saloons have a graduate commission scale example some may earn a certain veteran commission percentage for the first dollar they bring in then 18 percent more than the additional three dollars that they didn't bring in however i feel like we're doing mad what's that I feel like we're doing that. Yeah, well, in booth rental saloons, saloon owners rent out a car to an independent stylist for a front for a front monthly fee. In effect, uh-huh. the saloon owner just becomes Wow, I'm not going to say that word when they collect their monthly rents. Wow, Stephanie CD part of Amsterdam. Uh, the stylist doesn't get commission, but does get 100% of their individual earnings, while the blank gets the quote-unquote rent. However, the stylist is less likely to promote the saloon's products as they earn no money from it. I hope this clarifies things like hair when you clarify hair by using a shampoo. I know this because when I was 19, I moved to New York City to intern at a fashion agency. I was broke and never had any money as like most aspiring models, we work for free because of the competition. I was a hairstylist while living in Jackson Heights in Upper East Side and I had a quote-unquote landlord. I continued this while studying fashion promotion at the University of Berkeley in California Tatsien's Stephanie Van Dyke. I remembered. There it is. She's available for bookings. 
the punchline to this better make me wet myself. Or I'm going to need all of this time back. Well, That's in fairness, we did ask the... Stephanie about hairstyling commissions. So she only was getting back to with what we requested. Better be the funniest thing I've ever heard. Save me, Chase. Hey, guys, me. as today marks the 19th anniversary of Jerry Coe debuting on Raw, what are your favorite moments from Y2J over the last couple of decades? Best wishes from across the pond. Che sent from my Samsung Galaxy smartphone. That's a good question. Um, it'll be interesting to see when Chris Jericho's name shows up on the list because... I I don't want to have the conversation now, but it'll be interesting to see where he falls. Um, off the top of my head, his his best moment to me is always going to be his feud with Dean Malenko in WCW, where he says, you may be the man of a thousand holds, but I know a thousand four, and I write them all down, here we go, and it's just this long scroll and it was just That's definitely one of the all-time great moments. More recently, I'm thinking of the Festival of Friendship. Um, that was fantastic. That was All that stuff going on with the and list. I think, I think that's the point I'm trying to make is there's a 20-ish year gap between the moment I'm bringing up and the moment you're bringing up. And he's there, not consecutively, but he's got moments. He's got, um, you know, his WWF debut with The Rock. Uh-huh. He's got all the stuff with Stephanie McMahon. He's got his return and, you know, his return with Orton and all of that sort of stuff. So just consistent great moments throughout a 20-plus year run is pretty impressive. Yep. All right. Uh, and he's going to have a cruise. Nice. The next <laughs> email comes from... My partner in nerd, Jeremy. What would you do? Subject line. Subject line. Great answer. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, What I would do you do if you had a working time machine? Keep going. Sent from my iPhone 14. Yes. And I just love that the subject line says great answer. Took me a minute to piece that together, mm-hmm. but it's pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what would I do if I had a working time machine? <sighs> would you go backwards or forwards, well, first thing? I guess the question is, how does the time machine work? It's entirely possible a time machine can't go back in time. And it can, it can only go forwards. Yeah. And so for that matter, I think I would only go forward in time... Because if I went back in time, I could do something that prevents the world as I know it and therefore prevents my life as I know it and therefore prevents me from getting access to a time machine to begin with. There's a paradox there. Therefore, mm-hmm. I think I would have to go to the future. And what would you do? I don't know. Eat a hamburger? I am curious to know, you know, what the, what the world would be like and all of that sort of thing. And, of course, you want, you know, there's part of you, that immoral part of you that all of us have, that wants to go to the future, you know, quickly write down the last 20 Super Bowl winners and then return to the past and make your bets and make tons of money. But, again. Yeah. That's the immoral part of yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, if I had a working time, like, the answer, I mean... 
time machines always end up when you when you talk about time machines, you always end up talking about Hitler, right? Um, it seems like the noble thing to do would be to go back in time, kill Hitler when he's, as a baby, and, and stop like the Holocaust, right? That's that's pretty much like the thing that people talk about on the internet when you're talking about time machines. But I mean, like even that, like I would. You're talking about changing history, man. Like I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, and, and and the the follow up to that is, what if Hitler, as bad as he was, what if Hitler stopped something worse? You know what? What if you what if you go back in time, you kill Hitler as a baby, and something worse happens because Hitler wasn't there for? Whatever can you imagine reason? having to go back in time to save baby Hitler from yourself? That sounds like a movie. There you go. You go back. The first thing is you go back in time and kill Hitler, and then you have to go back in time to stop yourself from killing. Hitler. I mean, imagine you just get there sooner, and then you shoot yourself, and then you fade out of existence. But then you wouldn't be there to shoot yourself. And oh God, it's another paradox. Thank you, Jeremy, for breaking our brains. Our next email comes from Glenn. Did you know that Glenn was a wrestler or trained to no, be I did a wrestler? Not. He alluded to it in one of our chats, and I was like, wait, what? Apparently, what? he was a wrestler. We need, we need more information. I need to know this. what kind of wrestler. Are we talking an amateur wrestler or a, a professional? professional wrestler? No, professional. Hmm. That's what I'm saying. Hmm. Glenn says the subject line is teaching the teacher, so as the teacher. Well, no, you're, both, you're a teacher as well. Would you like I'm to not really a teacher. Line? I'm an educator. Hi, guys. As we were talking about my time as a wrestler in the all-time draft, we didn't. You mentioned it and then changed the subject. (laughs) It made me wonder. If you had started wrestling training when you were in high school, which wrestler from that time would you have wanted to train you? Thanks, your bestie, Glenn. There's only one answer for me. You pick whatever you want. What's your answer? There's only one answer for me. The person he picked with this, his first pick in the all-time draft, and it made me want to stab my eyes out because <laughs> he picked William yeah. Regal. Let's see. Speaking of that's what I that's what I would do. I would talk to Glenn and be like, Glenn, look, I'll trade you all the rest of my picks for William Regal. Like I'll have him as a promotion of Glenn, one. Glenn, if if you're listening and be very to this, happy. and I can do anything to get my hands on uh, William Regal just to stop DC from getting him. <laughs> Uh, we, we could talk, so just let me know. Uh, but yeah, who would you want as a wrestling in trainer? In high school? I wasn't watching wrestling, so I probably wouldn't have wanted to be trained at that time. Um, geez. Let's just go with, like, a really stupid answer, like uh, like Trish Stratus. Well, in okay. fairness, if I'm in high school and I'm a teenage boy, that probably would be... That's what I'm saying. I'm saying there's a logic uh-huh. there that yep. I can follow. Anyways... Our, our next email, I'm, I'm shocked, comes from uh, Chris Hawk. All-time corruption. Turns out, DC is not as corrupted as I thought he was. He followed his own rules sent from my iPhone. There was, he, he had selected a, a team. Who was it? It was Ambrose and Rollins, and I said, hey... They didn't wrestle on three pay-per-views together. That doesn't count. And he said, the rules say two pay-per-views. And I checked, and I was wrong. I had originally said three. I changed it to two. And so he proved me wrong. So he was able to draft Ambrose and Rollins. 
I'm a, I'm a reasonable man. See, if I were you, I just would have changed the Google Doc back to three and pretended like he was, you know, making crap up. Should have. Should have, should have, should have. Our next email comes from uh, Doc's best friend, Mitchell Monroe. Uh-huh. Would you like me to read this one since well, you hate, hate him, him. He's just dead to me. And in all fairness, <laughs> just from the title of this email, it seems like it might be of more interest to you. The title of the email is E-Fed Love. I thought I would join in on the E-Fedding Love. I got sucked into Isn't E-Fedding E-fed throughout the my name college of like years. A white rapper or something? That's K-fed, the one. Kevin yeah, K-Fed. The one who pinned John Cena on Raw? Yeah, that guy. Um... E-Feds, the Electronic Federation, this was all the rage where you you had a promotion, you got to create your own wrestler. It was very strange. Um, I had a decent amount of success with it. My character's name was Vantage, a.k.a. the People's Cavalry and Mr. Amazing. The People's Cavalry, very clever. I wonder where you got that from. I would center my RPs on over-the-top living metaphor-style promos, where Vantage would act out some sort of ridiculous stunt to make a point. It actually reminded me a lot of when Dean Ambrose once walked through a blizzard from the pay-per-view to the emergency broadcast of Raw from the headquarters in Stamford to prove he could endure everything, though this actually happened after I was basically done with e-fetting and was a happy coincidence. I spent basically my whole time e-fetting at World Elite Wrestling, and while there, won a world title, a Royal Rumble, two mid-card titles, Rookie of the Year, and Male Competitor of the Year. Near the end of the promotion's existence, I was ranked their third greatest male competitor of all time. Not bad for a college hobby. In any case, it's just fun to know that there are still other e-fetters out there, and a lot of time I miss those days, so I wanted to give a shout-out and geek-out about the character I put so much work into and was super proud Okay, of. so tell me a little bit about e-fetting for a second here, because based off of Mitchell's description, it sounds like what you did is you created yourself a persona, and then you role-played as this singular wrestling persona. In my head, for some reason, e-fetting was more like a, a general manager type thing where you were managing a promotion in some way. There are different versions. Um, the ones he's referring to are somebody creates a website, and they are essentially the booker, and you, you know, play. They have ones where you can be actual wrestlers. Like, there are people who are in E-Feds as Roman Reigns, as Daniel Bryan. Um, or you create your own wrestlers. And so, yes, what you would do is you would type out your promo, you would send it, you would post it, and then you might start a feud with somebody else, which would lead to a match because they have these shows. And, and literally, whoever created the website is the booker and decides who wins. Hmm. So it's a very, you know, it's a very odd thing. I remember winning some title in high school and being so excited about it. Like, I went into my parents' room to tell them about it, and the look on their faces were like... At that point in time, how old were you? Uh, this was probably freshman, sophomore year of high at school. At that point, so 14, I think 15. your parents looked at each other and said... This is shortly after you left the room, of course. They looked at each other and said, we probably should have let them have that Nintendo. Probably. And again, they were very, but it was very much that I'm glad you're happy. (laughs) Okay, here's a question. The one thing that I've always felt like um, 
was missing from these DDT drafts is, you know, a point. Um, it's fun to do. Well, no, it's fun in the moment. I just mean, like, after the fact, there's no payoff. Um, for, like, some people do, like, Mitch. Is Mitchell, like I keep calling him point. Mitch. Mitch, do you go by Mitch, or do, is, is it Mitchell? Because this episode, for some reason, I keep coming back to Mitch, and I don't know why. Uh, anyways, um, my point is, what if we did a DDT eFed? Do you think we'd have enough people to be interested in running something like that? I could put together a forum where we could just do this crap. I'm sure there would be interest. I know your best friend Liam Stryker has said something about who's Liam Stryker. That's about this a name that sounds sort of familiar, as though maybe I I knew him in a previous life, but I don't think I've heard that name in you, some you, time. You were affiliated with him at hmm? one point. You might still be. We, we Wait, still what? Are. You were affiliated with him at some point. Well, I mean, oh, 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 that group of people whom I formally resigned my affiliation with earlier this year in a letter on Twitter because I had died and was resurrected after being in hell so that I will be inducted into their Hall of Fame next year. Yes, yes, I remember those people. You've essentially been e-fetting this entire time. Unbeknownst to me. All of that. Would have fit very well yeah. in an EFED. Uh, again, hashtag, if you're listening and you would participate in some sort of DDT wrestling E-Federation, uh, hashtag DDT Fed, and let us know. And if there's enough interest, yeah, sure, we'll play around I actually think we should call it. it DDTE, DDT Entertainment. Okay. Well, so DDTE Fed. Hashtag D-D-T-E-Fed. F-E-D. Done. All right. Our final email comes from Forrest. There is no subject. Hello. Hello, guys. Greeting from... Go ahead. Oh. You don't read long emails, so I figured I'd read this one. Hello, guys. Greetings from the humid north. Started paternity leave this week. Congratulations. So I'm trying to find a rhythm of being a father while trying to get caught up on podcasts and wrestling. First, a couple of call-outs to previous podcasts. DC, I thought you were watching Westworld when you changed your Twitter handle to Bernard. My friend's name in high school was Ricardo Gonzalo Pedro Montalban El Tres. He was a stickler for the full name, which made it fun. Loved the coffee episode from Danielle, even though here in New England I drink Dunkin' Donuts. So do we. The pants party for me was Carrie Fisher... And then Medusa, Alundra Blaze from the wrestling world, until Sable. All very logical choices. Also, I would second Doc's points about working conditions these days. Companies ask for so much from staff and managers. The multitasking is and can be overwhelming. We all have to wear many hats in our professions these Mm. days. On to wrestling. My awesome wife got WWE tickets for my friends and I in Augusta. Saw Nikki Cross debut, and overall a fun show. I've started to get caught up on some wrestling while watching my daughter, and I have to say NXT is firing on all cylinders right now. Ciampa vs. Johnny needs the title at this point. Tag division is awesome, and I'm coming around on Shayna Baszler. The main shows are stuck in will-they-or-won't-they cheer Roman and spinning the wheels on SmackDown. He's kind of summing up this entire conversation. I love it. I agree with Doc that during the first few months of SmackDown Live, the stories connected and refresh. Anyways, keep up the great work. The lists, drafts, and off-topics keep me coming back. Question. You can pick one wrestler from WWE to switch companies. Who 
what company, and why. I would love to see Ziggler in New Japan. Omega, Okada, Tanahashi, Naito, Switchblade, some fun matches. Anywho, best wishes to you and yours from Bosk. P.S. Sorry for the longer email sent from my iPhone. We always love to hear from you, Bosk. Again, congratulations on becoming a father. Thanks for catching up with us. Uh, I didn't know you were a Mainer. Hmm. Mainer? Good to know. Where do you say that? Oh, Augusta. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. I've considered going to some shows up in Maine because it would probably be cheaper and less busy than going to ones down here, and I don't like yes. people. That we know about you. Um, who would you who would you switch? Well, I have to pick someone from WWE who, who right to now, go elsewhere. I mean, that's difficult. Yeah, who right now? You just talked about uh, Impact being kind of more adult yeah. oriented. Who would you choose to? Okay. you know, fit, who who right now would fit in? Like right off the top yeah. of my head, he I mentions or somebody mentioned Dean Ambrose. Dean Ambrose walking yeah. through a blizzard. Dean Ambrose would be better in a less PG-rated product, I think. Dean Ambrose and Sam McCallaghan could have a pretty entertaining I think so. Feed. Absolutely. I mean, if for some reason when I was thinking about anybody, like if I was not talking about a WWE person, I would still really like to see Abyss in the WWE. Sure. They could work on you. could work on a trade. Mm. Trade Dean Ambrose for Abyss. Yep. That'd be fun. How about you? And Dean Ambrose was gonna be was gonna be my pick, but somebody else. Uh, let's see. The Bludgeon Brothers would be interesting in Lucha Underground. Sure. They'd have to. They just show up still with the hammer. They'd have to wear like dinosaur masks <laughs> or something, but I could see it. He's dead. I'm sorry. I told you that. Apparently, Luchasaurus is no more. It happens. He's extinct. Um. Thank you to all of our emailers. We love hearing from all of you. Once again, Frantic, tell us about Backdoor Donuts and you'll get on the show. Um, what's your piece of positivity? Anything. Doesn't have to be wrestling related. Uh, I, mean, I think I'll just go back to Impact Wrestling. There's some interesting stuff there. I think uh, I'm intrigued to see a little bit more and to see where it goes. I'd encourage other people to, you know, if you're looking for something... Everybody's always talking about how they dislike the PG era. You're looking for something more attitude, a little more adult-oriented. Impact might be something worth looking up. Global Force Network exists. I haven't subscribed or gotten a uh, free trial yet, but I think I might. I'm sort of interested to see how quickly they get episodes of Impact on there. Um, I was watching Mm -hmm. Impact via the Pop TV app, and I could not watch the most recent episode on that app. So if... Global Force is quicker than that. Maybe I would consider shelling out the eight bucks a month. I, I know they don't like us doing that, but if you decide to shell out the money, cancel WWE Network and we'll work out some sort of exchange <laughs> program. Maybe we shouldn't talk about that on the air. I don't mm. know what you're talking about. Uh, my piece of positivity, let me think. Uh, the Bar and The New Day had a fantastic match on SmackDown, and I had thought Sheamus might be done, but Great. apparently not. Apparently he's doing just fine. Um, so, you know, I say what you will about the tag team wrestling scene over the last few years in the WWE, but guys like the New Day and the Usos and Cesaro and Sheamus and such uh, make it a whole lot of fun to watch. So, props to All them. right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for this lengthier episode than usual of DDT Wrestling. We have had a whole heck of a lot of fun bringing it to you. Again, uh, hashtag DDT EFED. 
if you're interested. If uh, an all-time draft sounds like something you would be interested in, let us know about that as well. Anything else you would like to say, Doc Manson, before we head out into that beautiful If you evening? like listening to this show, and how could you, you can listen to more episodes <laughs> at www.ddtpod.com. If you'd like to support directly what we do, help keep yes. the lights on, throw a couple shekels our way, head on over to patreon.com forward slash DDT wrestling. Also, if you'd like to be part of the show, send us your thoughts via email at which is podcast at DDT DDT wrestling. And uh, if you can find a way to give us a ranking on iTunes, we'd appreciate that as well. He is Doc Manson at Doc Manson. I am DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. And until we meet again, my friends, aren't you be our bestie?